And so I decided to take the podcast <laughs> out on the street. And I see this lady. This lady, she's just sitting here. She got like these weird shorts. Extended shorts. Oh my God, she heard me, guys. <laughs> Hello, lady. Do you happen to be from Sweden? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but but I hear the mating call. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, seriously, so guys. So listen, it's an extended short. Yes, it's been extended. Mm, like. Because you can't have stuff dangling. Right. No. Well. Out of your daisy you, dukes. You don't know. You don't know what's <laughs> hiding in there. <laughs> oh, so you might be. You know, you're saying you might be packing. Yes. Packing the heat, the, the meat heat. And that's a threat. <laughs> Not a promise? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not a promise. Yeah, we're out here with Mr. Boy, guys. Hello. Hello. Well, willkommen. <laughs> Not from Germany. Oh. Live in, uh, in, in a park. Tickets, please. I think I nailed it. I nailed. I fucked up. I think I nailed it. Nailed it like a carpenter, boys and boys. That's all right, boys and girls, uh, buckos and buckets. Um, welcome to Frothland. Now this episode, this episode is brought to you by Oh the Oh the Pepitone. Oh, you're looking for a perfume that announces to the world that you are psychotic. Are you looking for a perfume that says, I can't handle anything anymore? Are you looking for a perfume that not even a shut-in would wear? Then Eau du Pepitone is the perfume for you. And we're back. How about that? How about... That, yeah, boys and girls, whatever you are, yeah. Oh, so um, I'm just sitting here, you know, I got my dog by my side, so if you hear some snoring, that's him, okay? So I didn't drug anybody. Uh, or, or, or any, uh, I'm not doing anything uh, fishy here, okay? At all. Actually, I'm um, I'm at a place like well, I want to talk about um, where I live, and not this apartment. I want to talk about 
my humble abode, you know, the body, the bod, that um, Bo Derek, yo, the B with a capsule B, and um, that's it, that's it. That's where everybody lives, I guess. Every body lives in a body. So you're thinking, my body lives in some body? Everyone, <laughs> everyone lives in a body. And an ocean, well, that's kind of a body of water, I guess. And so is a puddle, even a drop. And someone lives there, yo. Someone lives there. Obviously in an ocean because, well, you know, ocean life, that um, marine bio. I used to date a marine biologist, not so much... Uh, of a talker, Greek, and um, she worked at a pet store. I mean, Greeks have bodies too. She definitely had one. Holy fuck! I guess I guess I was in in that body a bunch of times, huh? Well, she told me eventually that her future was not in Norway, and I don't blame her. I guess that siren. That mermaid was too big for a pond, maybe, in need of a bigger body of water. Maybe not for her body. I'm thinking she got tired of the tiny fish in the tiny tanks. Fish tanks? Well, my money would be on fishing tanks versus puss in boots anyways. No cap. I'm just keeping it real, for real, for real. Yeah, boy. I was in my mom's body as well, dude. Different situation, I guess, unless you're one of those, uh, and and yeah, unless you're one of those two ba two babies, one of those exodermites, you know, some kind of North Korean clone boy, my guy, or maybe uh, an alien. Unless you're one of those, you were at one point inside your mom's body too, and before that. You were in your dad's ball sack, I guess. I don't know. Maybe some aliens have been inside my mom's body because she does do strange things sometimes. And so do I. In my own body. My humble abode. Bodega. I think bodega sounds more like body, body than cuerpo, to be honest. But yeah, that B to the O to the D to the Y. Why? Because we all got one, my guy. Unless you're one of those jarheads, you know? I'm not talking to U.S. Marines here. An actual jar head. Like um, President Nixon. But in Futurama. The animated TV series. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of like um, The Simpsons. But in the future. So, some people say it's wilder, kind of. And if you haven't watched The Sim Simpsons, I don't, I don't know how to explain this to you, my guy. I'm sorry. Anyways, uh, cryogenics, I think it's called, what they did to Nixon and Futurama. It's when they freeze down whole bodies, or in some cases, like in the, the Nixon case, just the head. And the idea is that in the future, they will have the technology necessary to thaw you back to life somehow. And that's why Nixon is in the jar. There's a jar with some kind of fluid or something. It's just floating around in there, you know. Weird, huh? 
Imagine being frozen at like 70 and then centuries later thawed and attached to your dream body. Do dreams even have bodies? But yeah, your wrinkly old face and head just attached to a, like a chiseled body. Kind of weird. Or maybe you wake up like Nixon before they are able to attach you to a body. Or maybe you can't afford it somehow and now you're just living forever in a fucking jar. And if so, I bet you got your savings account in a jar jar bank, my guy. And that was a Star Wars ref reference. And... um. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And fun fact about me, I never watched an entire Star Wars movie. And I don't think I ever will, my guy. I don't think I ever will. But yeah, before they freeze your head or your body, best chance of success is if they do this whilst you're alive. And fun fact, the same process, the same drugs as when you're put in a medical coma, my guy. Fun fact about me, my guy, I was put in a medical coma twice last summer and I still got the same body, kind of. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know? Or maybe I'm still in a coma. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I can't tell you what it's like. But I was literally on fentanyl for a month and a half or so. I can't tell you about the withdrawals, though. I could tell you what it's like when you have to spell withdrawals out on a fucking Ouija board because you can't fucking talk and it's taking forever because you can barely move your fucking hand, my guy. I can tell you about that. But instead, I'll just skip to the best part about that. The gratitude for the struggle and for the pain. If I could have a life without the pain, the trauma, the fucking struggles, my guy, I'd rather just, I mean... It would be too fucking easy, my guy. <laughs> yeah, boy. I mean, this podcast would probably just be called Moist Mansion or something. Every episode would just be, everything is fine. Everything went as expected. I ain't got no problems, my guy. And I would just be saying that for like an hour or so. I don't know. I was also on Profilog. The drug they say killed Michael Jackson. I guess a lot has been said about that guy. One thing's for sure, he lived in a body too. Yeah, he lived in a body, all right. And his muscle control, that was like Neo after he popped that pill from Mr. Fishburn. Not great cooks, the Fishburns. But Lawrence, he's a pretty good actor, I guess. And don't get me started on Keanu. If you don't have love for him, I don't think you got love in your heart, my guy. Any love in your heart, just saying. Then again, I used to think American coins had in foggy rust written on them. A local sensei taught me that. Learned a lot from him, I suppose. But yeah, <laughs> anyways. Yeah, but I, I could have done this before, I guess, this podcast episode. But today is the day. I can just feel it, my guy. I feel good today, and I'm here to try and infect you, you know, infect your ass with some of that good good, some of that spice of life with some fresh bumblebee honey on the side, my guy. Order up. What the? What do we know? And then, and then what are we not supposed to know? Not supposed to know. you here is... No, 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 no. Hold on. We already played the intro, didn't we?
After all, that's what you guys have been serving me. But good, good. I started this podcast. I was homeless. You know, it doesn't sound that great. But I had some of the best times of my life being homeless. And then I had to, you know, try to find an apartment. Against all odds, you know, I had no credit. I had no money. I had no job. I didn't have any identification on me. Didn't have an ATM card. I can only pay cash. My guy, that wasn't easy. But the thing is, the thing is, when I... Well, when I finally got an apartment I could stay in, that I knew this is this is my place now for, you know, I had a, I think I had a, a three-year contract or something. I was a three-year lease, I mean. I was like, okay, so we're good. And it felt so empty. And the apartment was empty. And when it was empty, I was fucking, I was cleaning every day, like a meditation. I was enjoying my life, actually. And then there was another lockdown, and I was on my own. And wouldn't you know, by the end of the year, I I, I had seen my six-pack for the first time, you know, <laughs> ever. And it was like, because I ha- had to have a project, right? So I was driven. And then what happened? I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened. And I'm trying to figure it out, like how, because there was a decline, kind of. On the upside, Diaperboy69 on Twitch, you know, I celebrated Christmas on there. And although it, like, it wasn't like, like I made it on Twitch, but the chat, shout out to the people in chat. That was some good times. And then came the new year. And it, yeah, I went to yoga. And my knee got got bad. And I got thrown out of the routine of getting up 4.30 a.m. Going for, doing my workout. Going for my run. You know, I got, it was so hard getting back into it. But I sort of did. By July, I was in pretty good shape. Again, I was like 95 kilos. I don't know what that is, like 180 pounds. And I was running every day pretty much, morning and evening. About 5K, morning, 5K, evening. And this was all, like, the, f- the reason I started working out in the first place, like, the reason I started running was to sort of, like, regulate my behavior kind of trying to figure out what to do, like, since I got the diagnosis, the ADHD diagnosis, and I was put on the meds, I went deep into the research trying to figure out how can I optimize the therapeutic effect of these meds. And exercise is key. Also, I found that, for me, intermittent fasting, and uh, also there's there's an issue when you're on... um, I don't have the biggest budget, so to get enough protein, I I had to like sort of switch up my diet and everything. I had to learn a bunch of stuff, guys. Yeah, boy, and I did it all. I did all of that. 
and in July, I think it was July 25th or something, I, um, I did a full blood panel work, blood pressure, you know, pulse, whatever, like everything. All levels were very good. I was very healthy. I was in shape. And then July 27th last year, I woke up, um, I, was, I was just coughing nonstop, then I was burping, then I was burping and coughing. It, it, it's a very weird thing, right? And I, I just had to get up. I felt like I have to use the bathroom, then I felt like I have to throw up, and I just kept throwing up, I guess. And then I got so thirsty, so I tried drinking water, and the water was just like, I swallowed and I didn't feel it quenching my thirst. And then I try to drink more and it just comes up like I can't contain it. And uh, after a while, see, ever since I was a little boy, I heard like a voice whisper my name. And every time that's happened, I've been in danger. And this time I just knew, if I don't get help, I'll die. And so I called the ambulance. They told me to call urgent care. I called urgent care. They said they would send a taxi. Taxi doesn't show, I call again. I was doing this for 10 hours before the ambulance showed. And when it did, my guy, I had packed everything. I sat down in the driveway in front of the house because I figured I don't have a lot of time left. And so they came, kind of embarrassing, two beautiful ladies, I think, too, at least one. And I was on a stretcher, and I was in the, the ambulance, and I don't want to get, like, into the details of, the, of it all, but... I got to the hospital, I had, uh, I think it's called acute respiratory fa failure, like my, my body shut down, it wouldn't breathe on its own. And so, um, and that's what they do when they wanna freeze you. That's what they do, they, they make sure you can't breathe no more, kind of. So I guess the last thing to go is your brain or whatever. I'm not sure how this works, my guy. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor or anything. But I know what happened to me, kind of. And so I get to the hospital. And I stop breathing. And they have to uh, put me in a medically induced coma. And while I was in that state, Maybe because they put me, hooked me up to the machines and whatnot, a lot of thing ha things happened. I had um, thrombosis. That's the, I think that's a blood clot. I think, uh, you know, it wasn't good. That could be fatal. I had a septic shock. That could be fatal. You know, and then the infections, all these bacteria, you know, 
fun guys, not making jokes. My body was a mess, yo. <laughs> Anyways, when I woke up, that was, uh, you know, late August, about a month, month later. The whole time thing uh, changed, you know. It changed for me after this. Um, a lot of things changed because while I was unconscious, everybody thought I was like gone, but <laughs> I was going places, my guy. I was all over the place, different countries, different. I'll talk more about it like later on, I guess, because it's like if I start, it's going to be a mess because um, it's just a soup. But when I woke up, I knew the names of the nurses, the doctors. And I kind of knew who was there just to collect their paycheck and who was worth talking to, if you know. But yeah, I got in about 180 pounds, like 95 kilos, woke up 72. So that's 140. About 140. And... um I had this hole in my throat, tracheotomy, I think they call it, and so I couldn't really talk, I couldn't talk at all actually. Eventually I got uh, like this button and I was like, you know, there was multiple stages to this, but I do remember I had to spell out everything on my Ouija board and all my life, like my family that came to visit, like my parents and stuff, like all my life, they've been telling me to be more patient than they were. They, they, <laughs> they were so unpatient. I, uh, impatient. I, I, I was trying to tell them something that was like it felt so important, and they lost their patience and started guessing. And I started to laugh because it was like it was so weird. I was it, it, it was impossible. But it was also kind of hilarious seeing these people, these patient people, be so impatient. And I had all the time in the world. I mean, I was hooked up to everything. I got hoses coming out of every orifice, you know, pretty much. Not the, e not the ears. For some reason, not the ears. But yeah. And then I had to learn how to walk again. It's a, it's a year and some change ago this happened. Yesterday was exactly one year since I um, got discharged from the hospital. And this year, well, I've enrolled to become a personal trainer. There's a bunch of stuff, ha stuff happening, but I mean, the thing that happened was when I was discharged, because I have ADHD, um, that's considered a mental health issue. And so I was placed, I didn't know it was like that even, but I was placed in an apartment because while I was unconscious, while I was in this coma, my, my landlord, he uh, terminated the lease. I was told it was illegal, but then I was also told that if I want to sort it out, I have to do it myself. 
And I mean, I was full of opiates. Uh, nurses, doctors kept telling me to relax. And I had to empty that apartment and have it clean and everything from the hospital bed, my guy. It was such a weird situation to be in. And then <laughs> I was placed in an apartment, a tiny apartment, just one room. So I couldn't have my daughter there, right? I mean, I couldn't come visit or spend the night. And I'm like, this can never be a home then. And and also, I can't, I can't fucking live here. I can hear everything. It, there was no soundproofing, no nothing. And I have sensitive hearing. And I had about 20% lung capacity. I was struggling, dude. I was struggling, my guy. But you know what? I could have a dog. And you know what? The first thing I said when I woke up, I said to my daughter, I said, Anina, don't you think it's time we got a dog? And she said, yeah, dad, because 15 years prior, I had promised her a dog um, when my other dog died. And um, maybe just in time. She's 18 now. You know, she's an adult. But that was the last promise that I hadn't kept her. So that was good. And then we got the dog, Guapo. He's the guy snoring in the background, if you hear. I hear it, but I don't know if it, you know, if you'll hear it. And this little guy, I mean, the people at the hospital saved my life. The ambulance driver saved my life. And you, my guy, at some point, you kind of saved my life as well. Kind of gave me some purpose, you know? And, um... Well, Guapo here, when I got him, when he was eight weeks old, he couldn't walk that far either, you know? So we kind of grew together. And uh, I wouldn't have had that if it weren't for this situation. If I didn't have ADHD, I would have been in physical rehab. I might still be there to get back to where I was. You know? So that, that's an issue that I'm currently uh, working on. Like, how do I deal with it? Because if I don't, it will fucking break me. But yeah, I'm here to serve you the good good, right? I'm not here to bring you the fuck down. So I'm sorry, my guy. I'm so fucking sorry, okay? Please forgive me. But anyway, so... We were living there. I have to say this for context, because we were living there. The conditions weren't ideal. And so I had, I had, it was supposed to be temporary, and then it became the only option again. They kept saying, this is your only option. You can say no, but it's your only option. To me, that's not giving me a choice. That's fucking blackmail, my guy. And then the, the following year, uh, they started installing sprinklers. And they started... You know, and they were also to remodeling the closest apartments to, to mine, like literally drilling in the wall right, right next to me. And um, I couldn't be inside with the dog and that noise. And so we ended up spending a lot of time outside, maybe 10, 12 hours a day in February, March, April, May. And, and this was winter in Norway, okay? So if you stay outside, you got to move. So, you know, 
we were moving. We went for literally 10 hour walks, my guy. It's insane. When I think about it now, I'm like, how do I even? And then finally in May, we got um, like a temporary apartment. And this apartment had space. This apartment, you know, I mean, I could have spent a the night there, but you know, then she was an adult. It's a little, little too late, my guy. <laughs> and well, <laughs> yeah, boy, shake it off. And well, anyways, we're there, and um, I don't have any stuff. And I get back into the groove with, you know, I'm washed, I'm cleaning the floor every day. And yeah, I could go back to the previous apartment to do my laundry, but sometimes something kept me from going. I ended up doing all my laundry in two buckets in the bathroom. I was just, you know, with my feet, like they make wine out of grapes. And I would rather do that. And it took me like forever to figure out why until I like went, went there more recently. The building itself, I see the building and I feel like a physical response in my body when I see that. So yeah, I'm traumatized, dude. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying there's something there that shouldn't be there. And it's fucked up. But anyways, um, long story short, I'm in this place now. I might tell more of that story later, but at this, around the same time, beginning of July, I started working out at, uh, at this place. Um, it's basically a rehab center, but I got it because I'm, you know, I've been unemployed for a while and this is meant to like increase the odds of you getting back to work. And I felt like, like e e everything was taken out of my hands because the reason I was put in this uh, one room apartment in the first place was because they had health professionals working there like 12 hours a day. There was staff uh, on the second floor that could be helping me. But in fact, what they did was reduce me to a psychiatric patient when I had physical, physical things that needed fixing. And these guys, they, I mean, you know, God bless them and all, you know, they really tried helping me, but, but I mean, like they couldn't, they didn't have the resources or know-how. And so I ended up just being my diagnosis, just being ADHD. We're just, we're just going to fix that. We're going to make you be on time to stuff. And, and they were helping me a lot, you know, and I appreciate all the help, but it was an echo chamber that kept me from from being me. So, so the fact is that I was being me when I w had to be outside with the dog, when I had to de do those things. ADHD was shining, yo. It was shining. That's what got me through all this. You know? And so, but I started working out and um, I was seeing results. And the place where I was working out, if I was late, you think they spent any time talking about how I should be on time, my guy? No. I just got to work. And they would do what they could to, to you know, make sure maybe I got some time later on in the day and I could just, like, 
like flex the time a little bit. But I was working out. And I, decided, I, you know, I'm still feeling progress. And so, but I only had three weeks there. So I had my last day the other day. Anyways, they inspired me the way they, everybody working there. And not just the people working there, the other people working out as well inspired me. And I was supposed to apply for, uh, to complete my social work studies, but there were no space, no places, I mean. And so, and I wanted to finish that degree in social work science to, to actually become uh, what's called a psychotraumatologist. I finished half of it, but it used to be you had to have a bachelor's degree in um in healthcare or social work or whatever to to be able to complete it but turns out i can complete it like now and so i want to do that and then i also applied um for a one-year college program to become a certified personal trainer because what i want to do is uh help people like me basically, who need to struggle to be able to relax. And um, I feel like without all this shit happen, happening to me these last years, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to even conceive of that thought. And yeah, there's a lot of good things happening, but, but yesterday, dude, yesterday was a year since I got discharged from the hospital. Now I can do six one-minute pull-ups, I mean, it's insane. It's insane. I don't think I've ever been able to do a lot of the things I'm able to do now. I'm not fully recuperated, though. Um, restitution is very hard for me because of... <clears throat> because of reasons. I'm always on guard. I'm, like, alert. So when I'm sleeping, I'm not really sleeping. I'm not really resting, and the muscle needs to, re they need to rest. And so I'm working on it. But yeah, um, there was this guy, Viktor Frankl, he was in uh, Auschwitz. He was a Jew in Auschwitz during the World War II. Not a great situation, but he found a flower. And I feel like this one-room apartment was kind of my torture chamber in many ways and uh, guapo was my flower kind of so made me feel like even in a meaningless situation you can find meaning and having something that you reign over like like I, I have to you know because I love him I have to and uh, that's purpose that made it easier that to, 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 you know, get through the day when I couldn't do stuff like this, the podcast. You have no idea how much this podcast means to me. I don't think I even have. Not really. But how do you quantify something like that? I don't know. But anyways, the good thing is, going through all this bullshit, I came out stronger, my guy. I came out stronger. And then yesterday, 
yesterday, you know what? Yesterday I went to the cafe where Amina works because she told me, I was like, it's been a year. And she said, I know. And I said, um, so I feel like we should celebrate this somehow. But then she said she's working for 10 hours. I was like, I can stop by your cafe. She works at the cafe. But if I do, I better get a cookie, I said. And she said, you want a cookie? I said, yeah, I want a cookie. You want a cookie? I said, yeah, I would like a cookie if I'm going all that way, you know? Maybe a cookie, maybe a coffee or something. And she was like, you want a cookie? You're not getting a cookie. I was like, why? And she was like, you're getting a full meal. And I'm cooking. And yesterday I did that. Mm. I did that, my guy. And the funny thing is I, I got there and then she said, I, I really have to use the bathroom, you know, just waiting, you know, just someone to cover for me. And then um, I said, but yeah, I'm really thirsty. So maybe just, and she gave me a Coke. And when she got back from a bathroom break, she brought a, an apple pie from McDonald's. <laughs> so that was my starter, I guess. And then uh, I had a cheddar cheeseburger, but it was a double one. So there were two patties. So it was 340 grams of beef. And then, you know, extra cheese, bacon, fucking uh, guacamole, and uh, chipotle and um, a sweet potato fries, my guy. Whew. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, she's good at her job. And it's one of the sweetest moments in my life. And we didn't get to spend much time together because she's at work, right? But just, you know, how lucky am I? How lucky am I? And how can I want to change anything in life when it led me to that? You have any idea? I mean, it's the most beautiful thing. And um, I just got to say that to me, I, I don't want to change anything. Like, Whenever I talk about the coma or whatever, people are like, oh my God, you know, you went through a lot or I'm so sorry to hear that. But no, that's the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. Okay. And looking back at a lot of things that I thought was difficult at the time, you know, to me, it's been a very healing experience. I almost felt like I wake up and I, and I you know, someone had like, deep cleaned my brain somehow. And I think there's some evidence that you, if, you're, if you're stuck, if you're stuck in the same thought patterns for, you know, an extended period of time, it's hard to get out of them. And, and um, I like to think of them as like um, paths in the brain. And then, you know, the more you think a certain way, the deeper the grooves get. So it's harder and harder to get out. And I felt like I woke up with a smooth brain. Smooth as, his, as a baby's bottom, boy. Hell yeah. I was remembering names. 
I felt like um, pretty much I felt like I can do anything, like the blocks, everything that stops me, it was gone. But they creep back, you know. They do and they don't. Because I feel like I'm aware of it now. And so I only sit with one overwhelming sense of gratitude for life, for the life I've had. And it's done wonders for my trauma. Everybody has trauma, dude. Everybody has. And depending on, like, where you're at when it happens or whatever, like, it could be small things. If, If your life's really good, it takes less to give you trauma. That's what I'm saying. It's what I believe. So I don't think it's fair to to compare like someone who who is like so it's the degree of upset or the d- degree of not being able to process the situation. That's the trauma, not what happened. It can be a, you know, I don't know. It's just some thoughts I'm having. I'm, I'm having a, like an overwhelming sense of gratitude most of the time. But to have that, I also have to be clear when I'm not happy about things. Because that's the thing that can start putting you in the headspace where you start making those grooves. And to me, I just know if um, if I wasn't in a situation where I have to deal with, you know, caseworkers and yada yada and this and that, when I've had an explosive strength workout and maybe maybe for an hour, and then maybe an hour of yoga in the morning. I'm getting flexible, boy. <laughs> but but if I've had that, I just feel in my bones, I don't really need my meds. And my medication is, you know, it's doing things that I don't like as well. But I mostly take it now because I have to deal with a system, I have to deal with people, and it's so frustrating. And it's not like it's not like you can always take a step back and you know do some breathing exercises or whatnot. Sometimes you're stuck in a meeting or you're stuck in this and that, and you, you just have to deal with it. And it, yeah, I know it's life. And right now, it's just like I'm just so aware that it's like echoes from unresolved trauma is making me act different. Like my reaction to things can be so amplified that it it kind of scares me it kind of scares me sometimes but i'm grateful the overwhelming sense like you can have a rainy day and the sun shines through the sun shines the brightest and so that's what it's like for me with the gratitude i guess and I'm grateful for you even listening, you know, even if it's just one of you, my guy. I'm grateful for that. And I'm hoping it could help. And um, 
I don't think I got much more. You, you know, I, I started out with an idea what this episode would be, and uh, I don't really know what it is. But, you know, today I'm grateful that I did this. And I'm grateful that I had yesterday, you know. I'm grateful for a lot of things. And if somebody out there can find me a way to be in Amsterdam on September 13th, my guy, because Mike Tyson's coming there and he's opening his coffee shop in Amsterdam. And um, I, there's no way. I, I cannot, I do not have the funds to go there. But that's one, he's one of the people who really got me through a lot in life. I remember like since way, way back, since before puberty back then, you know? And I don't know how many chances I can get to be, to just shake his hand, you know? And if I did that, it would be a dream come true. And it's not often that I feel like there's something I want this much. So I'm just putting it out there and just seeing what happens. I'm not asking for anything. I just feel like I need to say it out loud for it to, to be something. Then at least I've said it, you know? The odds for Mike Tyson hearing this, that I, <laughs> not that great. But it's been said. It's been said, my guy. And so, and yeah, I got to meet Angry Boy. And um, that was, I don't know, that was so amazing. We didn't have much time together, but it was, <laughs> we laughed our way through it. And um, I hope to see you again sometime, boy. Surprise, she wasn't that angry. Gotta tell you, not that angry. Oh, and oh, the uh, Pepitone. I got to explain that. I feel like I got to explain that. Because um, there's no link where you can go and buy some, you know. But um, Eddie Pepitone is, well, to me, he is a stand-up comedy legend. Um, you might know him as Testicle Monster Number 2 from uh, Rick and Morty. Um, but he has a podcast called Apocalypse Soon with Eddie Pepitone, and I mean, and I've even, um, we've even, uh, you know, he, I get these whims, I sent him a, a, a DM and he actually responded, I mean, this guy is, he's so sweet and he's so funny and um, it would make me happy if you went and you checked out his podcast, it is hilarious. And given the times we're living in, I mean, the world is a crazier place every minute. And um, he's just crazier than that, I guess. Yeah, I just, I love the podcast. I love the guy. And um, like I said to him, uh, when I grow up, I hope to be as, I hope to be like you someday, except buff, no offense. <laughs> 
I mean, things are happening. Things are happening. There will be um, links for his podcast, his website, eddiepepitone.com and everything in the description. And I hope that um, saves me from a potential lawsuit since I have used his content now without asking. Sorry about that, uh, Mr. Pepitone. Please don't send any goons. But in all fairness, I did read up on fair use. I, I feel like... Um, I feel pretty safe, but yeah, I was, um, I'm going back to the body again, because there was something I wanted to say, and it was that, uh, so I was working out at this place, and um, the people I'm working out with, you know, one thing is the people working there, they they know that the people that come there to work out, like, they have different challenges and everything, and um in my case, their job was to, uh, I almost said break me. I mean, be the brakes. Because I tend to maybe do too much. And uh, other people, you know, they got some injury. There's so many things. Surprisingly, a bunch of them has long COVID, which is the thing now. And, um, you know, in the beginning, I kind of felt like I, I was starting from scratch. I kind of felt like, you know, a rookie. And even though I've worked out, you know, I've, I've had so many weight classes, it's, it's ridiculous. But what, what I'm saying is that I think that's a good approach when you're getting back into something, when you're doing whatever. Like you try to approach it as if you don't know what you're doing. And then, you know, you could have a hell of a progress all of a sudden, you know, when you get comfortable. And maybe that's what happened to me. Maybe I was stronger than I thought, maybe. But going through from not walking, you know, barely being able to do three steps assisted with a fucking walker, two nurses, you know, it's insane. And then one year later, one year later, almost six, almost 600 pounds leg presses. 10 reps. I mean, that's 290 kilos. That's my best now. That's pretty good. And I've been doing calisthenics. I've been like working on like, sort of like making my own exercises a little bit because you kind of have to feel where your body's at, like what, what does what, in a way, and um, it just cleanses my mind, some people, they, <laughs> funny thing, we had this mindfulness exercise, where you're supposed to breathe, and I used to do this thing on this podcast, where I would breathe, and I was thinking I would do that at the end of the episode, but anyways, um, where was I? I, I threw myself off there, off the cliff, I guess. And so, but what I'm trying to say is that, so I was doing these pull-up things where I, I do a pull-up and then I hold and I do, do ab exercises, lifting the legs and whatnot. And this one guy, he, he was talking to his personal trainer. She approached me and, he's, and she said, well, 
he says, you know, it's a little in, you know, he gets a little uh, self-conscious when he sees you know, like how strong you are. And I was like, hold on, hold on. The harder it is for you to get here, the more impressive it is whatever you do here. That's what it is. And this guy, he was, you know, he's a little heavy and he was like, yeah, but I'm like, when I'm in yoga class with these ladies and I'm sweating like a pig and, and I was like, sweating like a pig. I mean, sweating, the fact that you're sweating when you're putting in work, it means two things. You're doing work and your body is working. That's what it means. The sweat is there to cool you down so you can do more. And then it was like, oh. And I just felt like, you know, it feels good because um, the way we talk together, like the people working out there, everybody I talk to is the same. Like the, everybody knows everybody needs help there. And if we could just translate that, that into, you know, everyday life, my guy, and everybody treats everybody like everybody has problems. And just, you know, try to relate to each other or, or at least give each other space. My guy, that would be nice, if you ask me. Sometimes I feel like the faster people get, the faster the internet gets. You know, everything's so fucking fast, but it's slowing us down, my guy. That's how I feel. But yeah. This is that good, good. The life we live is not great all the time, but it kind of has to suck a lot for a lot of the time for us to appreciate whatever good times we have. And I just feel like that's the good, good. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you know, it's how you look at it. I mean, some people might be like, I hate this food. And other people were like, you got food? And so, that's that good, good. And to me, I did a fast last uh, week, this week actually, 70 hours, just water, some coffee. I had my electrolytes, and I was still working out at the gym. I was still walking the dog. We do 20,000 steps a day, my guy. And um, <laughs> it didn't really uh, affect me until like uh, that last day, the 70 hour. Uh, Mark and I bought a, a chicken leg and I was sitting at the bus stop. I was going to work out and I, and all that salt and fat and protein, my guy. Woo! That's the good, good. Because I'm on medication that it kills all appetite. Like just eating is an effort, you know? It's like, and I was finally hungry again. You know, I was salivating. I was just like, I was. 
animal, you know, on the bus stop there. There was no space on the bench, so I was just squatting. I was squatting, eating this fucking chicken, you know. I had a napkin, but I, I used it to, like, hold the chicken leg. So I was a mess. And then I, I step onto the bus, and the first lady I see, she's bald. And you can tell it's because she's, she's had chemo. And she didn't look that happy, and I understand her, you know? Cancer, woof. Not, you know, not the best, not the best thing to hear from your doctor that you got cancer and lose your hair. I guess, especially if you're a female, that does something. And my mom's a cancer survivor. She survived breast cancer. I have a cousin, he had testicular cancer, an uncle, he had cancer in his colon you know cancer my my granddad he he died from uh, lung cancer cancer is everywhere it's cancerous but she sees me stuffing my face with that chicken and she just go she started like she's laughing she couldn't help herself and i look at her and i just open my mouth full of chicken i'm like ah <laughs> and she really laughed and uh, that spread, even in a bus full of Norwegians who are like uh, minding our own business. We sit down, there's an available seat next to it, us. That's where we put the backpack so we can sit in peace. You know, you got rows and rows of seats with backpacks and then one person next to them. That's Norway. Welcome here, you know. And, um, but, anyways, like that was a beautiful moment. But I just sat down and ate because I was fucking hungry and then I got to the gym and I was pretty sore because I had all these other workouts that you know and uh but because I was fasting I was working with uh tension over time so I was working out differently so one pull-up would literally take me a minute and then I would rest two minutes to get my ATP levels up and then I will get back and do one minute more. And so six pull-ups, that would be that's 30 minutes. That's a full workout right there, you know? It's like, um, it was just an amazing day. Like everything went according to not just plan. It was the first time in three months I was at the gym on time. I was three minutes early and it felt like an ocean of time. I didn't know what to do. You know, and I, w I didn't even know. I thought I had a week left. Turns out it was my last day. Kind of embarrassing because, you know, I've been talking to people there, and yeah, oh, we'll see each other next week because we're almost at the point where we change, exchanging info and whatnot. And that last day, I told people that I, you know, I'm going to be a personal trainer, and what I wanted to do with that. And a lot of them were like, yeah, sign me up. Well, that didn't happen because, uh, and now I don't know if it ever will, not with these people, because like how, you know, that place can't give me the contact information or whatever. I've, I'll figure something out, but it was kind of a, oh. And then I went to... Um, I met this lady, uh, 
her name is uh, Shashti, and she runs this uh, volunteer central, whatever, it's local community thing where, um, you know, they do volunteer work for the community, basically. And so I'm a volunteer there now. And tomorrow, I'll, well, I have to check with some other things, but I hope to, to be able to go and because uh, last Monday was my first day at this, um, it's like a uh, community center for people with, with uh, like early stages dementia. And so my job there as a volunteer would be to sort of um, try to do some, something social, you know, and serving lunch and I don't know. Have a good time, I guess. And that feels good. That's that good, good, you know? I didn't even make it, and I'm paying it forward, kind of. I'm ahead of myself, huh? Kind of cool. So, yeah. Things are happening. And um, after that, I went to the the barber. Got a fresh fade. It's one of my favorite things on this planet is getting a fresh fade. And um, I, even th I, I thrifted my first ever pair of Levi's. Never had a pair of Levi's before. And um, so far, I feel like they're too tight. They're too tight. That's how I, that's how I feel about them. But everything was going great, you know. When I was talking to Puff, I was showing her some of the city because I can now. Because I forgot to say, like, I went a month and a half, no internet. And at the same time, I didn't have a phone. I, I mean, I've sorted those two things out now. And I have a mobile internet, so I can bring it with me, right? So I could, like, show her around. It was great. Then I get home, and I can't wait to get home because, you know, I know Guapo needs his walk. <laughs> I get home, and... I forgot my keys at the barber, so I, I had to call somebody to help me unlock my doors, and uh, ever since Friday, I haven't been able to lock my doors, and so, you know, it's not like, so you could say it's a good thing that I don't have a lot of stuff, I don't have a lot of furniture still sleeping on the floor, I've done that since July 3rd, and actually, I prefer it this way. And today, to be able to record this, I, I kind of felt like I had to have a working space. And I got so much stuff from the previous apartment and whatnot. It's like, it's all over the place because I never, you know, finished sorting it out. And then I'm like, I got to do something here and there. So what I did was I emptied all of that into another room. And uh, now I'm here recording. And uh, that feels good, too. Hello. We got um, we got a kamikaze ghost here. What? Why'd you call me, bro? Welcome to the podcast, my guy. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Oh, my. You serious, bro? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I look like shit right now, man. You feel like shit? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not video. You know, you look like shit. I know which. <laughs> uh, but I'm just about to go exercise too. Bro. 
Okay, so what, what's on the program today? What, what, are, what are you doing? Is it chest day or what? Back. Back. Yeah, back and forearms. Yeah. A little bit of legs. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I get that. I get that. I got to go make my legs spaghetti. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're going to be... <laughs> When it's spaghettified, it's so. Yeah, you're going to be like uh, tentacles, like an octopus trying to walk. Yeah, when it's... <laughs> yeah. That's going to be great. I was thinking maybe we could play PUBG later. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. And also, I was wondering if you have anything you want to say to the beautiful uh, people of Frothland. Oh, uh, I'm not good with inspirational speeches or, you know, Dogon speaking in general. What I'm going to say is, you know what, life's shit, but you got to make uh, what's, you got to make it better for you. And yes, start cutting people off, but, you know, the faster you do cut people off that are not, uh, you know, willing to invest in you as a person, you're just going to suffer. Yeah. That, that's the best way I can put it. But yeah. You're going to suffer a lot. And how, how important would you say it is to to work out? Oh man, listen, bro. I, I'll be honest with you. Now I've started working out. I'm like, I should have done this since the start, you know, yeah. long ago. But it, dude, I feel so much better. I've lost all my pains and whatnot. I've had. I'm feeling much better besides eating. But yeah. <clears throat> You feel better, bro. And it, studies have shown that, you know, you stay healthier for a longer period. Even if you don't exercise to become extremely muscular, just, just do some movements a bit. It helps you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's harder to get depressed or sick or whatever else you want to think you have. I don't believe in depression, but if you do, that's a mental illness and you're, you know, you're causing yourself. So, you know, be strong. You're not depressed. You just lack rest, you know? I, I feel like, uh, for me, uh, it's more about... Mm, so working out is something you can do no matter what, kind of. Because, like Charles Bronson, the, the guy who's been, you know, he's been in isolation for, for like, years on end, like, in a tiny cell and, and whatnot, he's still working out. And like if he can, I can, and I feel like yep. I feel like a lot of the time depression is about either you're stuck in the past, so you you're thinking about what could have been, like you said, like if you had been stuck in, like I should have worked out forever, and then you stop working out because you should have done it forever. That's depression to me, <laughs> you know. I'm not stopping, bro. I'm not stopping. No, you can't Every stop. Day. We can't stop, bro. This is What's what we do now. Is- discipline you do it regardless of how you feel i mean you know and you always feel better after yeah always even if it's hurting you feel better because you feel like you did something and you did something for yourself that's the thing man consistency is key you know even just i don't know if i could say his name no, you don't. <laughs> don't don't do it if but, you feel unsure about it. Uh, I just wanted to check but in. Listen, I would, but I'm worried about your, uh, you know, 
Yeah, I understand. I understand. We just leave it at that and just say that. Um, uh, one of the things, yeah, like, well, Mike Tyson said that discipline is doing what you hate to do like you love it. Yeah. And eventually you might actually love it because I hated it, bro. I hated it. Yeah. Now I'm like, damn, I love this shit. I love that feeling. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just, uh, it was so funny because we were talking about the other day how, because you, you got this multi-gym, like, basically in your garage, and, uh, and how, how we're, like, we're doing it, we don't have, like, all the equipment, we don't have, like, the best of this and best of that, but I think it's better because of that. And I think maybe because we went so long without working out, without like realizing that this is what we need to do, that the feeling, the good feeling we get now, is better because we didn't do it all our lives. That's true. Yeah. Well, I can't say I didn't. I used to play football when I was younger, so I kind of guess I used to exercise a lot then too. Yeah, I've had I've had periods of it as well, like years of working out and stuff, but. <clears throat> But not like this. Not like I'm doing now. We have never been consistent. We've never been consistent. Yeah. It's always cut. And now when we talk about it, even when I talk about it with you, it's like, it's not like they, they call it mental training and physical training, but these two, they, it's one. It's one thing to me. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, man. That's how habits form too. Yeah. I can't, I, I'm not sure how long they say it takes the form, but anything you do up to a specific period of time, it may vary from people to people, but it, it, you always get it. Uh, it always becomes part of you or a routine yeah. that you, you do every day. So you don't have to, always have to think about it. But for the first period, you, you know, you constantly have to, have to remind yourself that I need to do it. I need to do it. Yeah, and yeah. then it's just, I am doing it. <clears throat> yeah. And it becomes, instead of, uh, being like, oh, no, I have to go to the gym. It, yeah. it becomes like, if you can't, it's like, fuck, I didn't get my workout today. Yeah, you feel shitty because you oh, didn't do what you used to hate. I need to work out. <laughs> yeah. and, and, all of sudden, and all of a sudden, the perspective of, 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 of everyone around you changes. Like, you get more grumpy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's for the best, you know, because... I'd like to disappear for five years straight and do my own thing. Yeah. You know, just build myself. I, I was, I've never planned on doing this fitness thing as a temporary thing. This is something I'm planning to integrate in my, in my daily life. Yeah. Since the start. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it's going pretty well so far. I've maintained a few rest days because, you know, spaghetti every day is not really good for you. No. <laughs> no, there's no healing it's like what I'm doing this weekend like like right now I had to do the Jordan Peterson you can see with the legs I had to do this mm -hmm. because I haven't moved I mean we got 20,000 steps in just walking me and Guapo but like I'm forcing myself to to rest in the weekends um, and you like to man yeah because I, <clears throat> I I've been unemployed for so long like I realized that just having that one thing that you do five days a week and then you have a weekend, that was a game changer. 
to do something with it. Made it easier to keep my You don't realize how many free time you have to, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I waste a lot of time, too, but it's crazy. I don't want to ruin your workout. Do you have anything you, you want to plug? That's what they usually say at the end of the podcast. Uh, yeah, I love you, man. It's been great having you. And do you have anything you want to plug, like a YouTube channel or something? I mean, I'm not doing YouTube. Uh, I've paused on the YouTube right now. I'm yeah. not really uploading. I've paused on everything, really. I'm not uploading or anything, really. You see, my Instagram is dry and it's bad. And so, you know, I'm not doing anything, really. Yeah. Uh, internet wise. But uh, if Puff is listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just. Uh... Uh, <laughs> I love you, Puff, but sometimes you're a bit, you know. <laughs> well, actually, I have to say that, uh, Kami, you got great hair. You're looking good today. I was going to lose it out right before you called to me. That's why I was like, oh, yeah, you like know. A, it's like a samurai <laughs> thing happening. I like it. Oh, yeah. Let's sign it up, bro. That's it. Oh, this is good. All right. Oh, man. Kamikaze goes on <laughs> YouTube, guys. Check it out. He's he's probably one of the best PUBG players ever. And so, but he's paused on that. I mean, I, I can get better. Yeah. I can. All right, man, I'll catch you later, bro. I'm going to do my thing now. Do that. I hope you have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. Take care, bro. Take care. Okay. All right, so that was Kamikaze Ghost, Shamir. And, um, yeah, just bringing people in here, I guess, today. A little bit all over the place, but I love the guy. And I love you, my guy. And, um... Um, let's see, I believe we have some music here, hold on. Muhammad the Grosser says something important that I ought to take notes on according to him. Outside his stories, this lady playing accordion for change, but never changing her tune. Muhammad the Grosser says that just like his wife, his life, and ask me, how about you? I say, haven't you noticed every day that lady play a different note? I know this, cause this is what I do. As I walk through the streets with mud on my feet, I do my best to be discreet and avoid being seen. I'm here to observe and take notes. What I see, hear, smell, feel, Everything I notice here today Like I notice how cold it's been getting lately And I see that red lady feeding pigeons in the morning See all the pigeons laying dead in that very spot Next morning notice the price on kebab on the corner Dropping when the pigeons are gone And three people talking, heat traffic, laughter Sirens in the night, birds singing in the morning So I write it down like people die every night And life goes on And every single moment is just there Then it's gone, what I hope to preserve Parts in my notebook, I smell the waste on the street Smell the taste of defeat on every die hard smiling brave faces i meet i mean every day's a novel not even a page to me every face is so honest in what they say to me i just save a few drops from life's rain on me so i keep my thirst up that's the way i live muhammad the grocer bearded mona lisa smile with watery eyes looking at me in his eyes pointing at the people passing by the lady with the accordion playing without paying her any money or attention and his reply is like a book to a sentence to my surprise he goes 
goes inside, comes out with a violent and walks to her quiet. She smiles, she cries and kisses her eyelids and says, thank you for the silence. I pick up my bag of groceries and leave, hopefully, without them noticing. Open up my notebook, scribble down some notes in it. Then as I'm closing it, look at the both of them. Muhammad the grocer and the lady accordion and the people around them silently applauded them. And I notice how warm it is, like every day when I'm with my daughter is. That's why I wrote this song. It is something to put on when we ask ourselves, is there nothing more than this? Poverty is when you can't afford to live. Problems are what you solve to live. The wind never breaks, the softer tree. If you cry a lot as a child, you don't waste your tears If you fall to survive, you will face your fears If you grew up wondering how, you will make it this year You know it's more to a life than what you make in a year If you want to take on life, this is basically it Be kind to your neighbor and remember to breathe I mean, peace Yeah, that was The Grocer. Another... Well, I found it uh, in the archives. I recorded this I um, years ago. More than 10 years ago. But it felt like... Um, it felt like it fitted, you know. Shout out to Shamir. Shout out to uh, Angry Boy. You know. Shout out to Eddie... Peppy Town, and shout out to you, my guy. Shout out to you, and shout out to me, you know, and Guapo. Shout out to everybody. And uh, also, by the way, I don't have a catchphrase. Yeah, boy. Hey, this is Mike Tyson. Come to Amsterdam and see me at my coffee shop, Coffee Shop Tyson. Woo! Yeah. And then after you do that, when you do the right hand, the last right hand, right? Boom. With the last punch.